Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Gold Derby Show on The Gold Derby Podcast Network. Welcome back to Gold Derby. I'm Christopher Rosen. I'm joined by Joyce and Joyce. We have so much to talk about. We saw so many movies, continuing to see so many movies. I know. I literally just got back from a movie. I'm going to go see another one later. (laughs) You just got your coat off. You saw Armageddon Time, one of my faves. You're going to Ticket to Paradise later. I'm so jealous. We're doing this on a Tuesday night. I can't night. believe you're not coming. Well, I'm traveling tomorrow, Joyce. I gotta, I gotta hold my ticket to Paradise for a later date. For the weekend. I can't you're wait see to see the people this weekend. Yeah, I can't wait to travel there. I'm okay. very excited to have that ticket in hand. Uh, I'm so psyched for that movie. But Armageddon Time, we'll talk about it a little bit. We're gonna start with we have some breaking news, Joyce. Is that right? Would you call it that? Um, yeah, sure. Breaking, depending on whenever you're watching or yeah, listening. Yeah, whenever you watch this. Yeah. If you're watching this like two days from now, it has long been broken. But if you're watching this like a day from now, which maybe you would be, or no, you wouldn't. It's this, It's already broken, Joyce. The whole thing is broken. But yeah. uh, we have, she said, Joyce, we saw it last week at the New York Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there had been a little talk about who, how they would run Carrie Mulligan. And, and we even Kinnan. did our whole column last week about that. We did. And then we even talked about what they would do if they split them up. And it turns out they're going to split them up. We were right. I think we said Carrie would be supporting. Yeah, we said Carrie would go supporting. And Zoe would go lead. And uh, that's what they're going to do. They, they mentioned that in, a, in an interview uh, yesterday. And then they talked about it. And then today, I guess it's also confirmed uh, that they're going to split them up because they don't want to have to compete with each other. Yeah, in the spirit of the movie, Yes. And like camaraderie, um, they don't, they, the two of them, the leads don't want to go against each other. So now I'll tell you this immediately, I'm going to put Carrie Mulligan way at the top of my rankings. I will probably have her winning if once I'm able to predict her. Uh, And secondly, I actually don't think it's that much of category fraud. It is the movie I think does come from the perspective of uh, Zoe Kazan playing Jody Cantor. At least she's like the first, like she's the entry point of the investigation. And, well, yes, because that's what happened in real life. Right. And so, like, Carrie is definitely in it a lot. It's like a supporting plus performance, I feel like. But it's it's certainly enough of a, there's enough there to say that she's supporting, I would argue. I would say, like, if this whole thing were not real, I think they would um, have um, much more of, like, even screen time. But, like, there is a, there is a stretch in the movie where it's just Zoe on screen because she is uh, interviewing sources by herself. Yes. So, yeah. so uh, for those who are watching this and are like, what are you talking about? She said is a new movie. Living based- under a rock for the last five years. People. So this is a big thing that happened. I don't know if you know about this, Joyce. Uh, Harvey Weinstein uh, was uh, is in jail for, for uh, rape and was brought down initially by a massive investigative report by the New York Times uh, written by Jody Cantor and Megan Tuohy. And then they later now have written a book about their experiences breaking that story. Uh, they also reported it, and then Ronan Farrow did his reporting for the New Yorker. It came out, I think, the next day, I believe, right? It came it out like- a couple of days later. So right. there, the New York Times um, story came out on October fifth, twenty seventeen. Yes. So now we got a movie about it, and I love this movie, Joyce. I, I texted you immediately after. I was like, "You did. You saw it before I did, and you were just like classic Chris. Like, love the shiny new object in front of him." And then you, I think the first thing you texted me was a Nicholas Patel's score. Cause it later it turned out you didn't know he scored the movie. I didn't know. But anyway, you were like all in on Carrie. <laughs> so, so just a, before, this is a, already a, a, a side, a diversion, but uh, 
uh, I would, it reminded me exactly like when I saw, when I saw Bones and All at Telluride, I was watching Bones and All and I was like, man, Luca Guadagnino just got the greatest ripoff of Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross for this score. How did he do it? It sounds so great. It's like the best score they never it's, did. And then no. at the end, it's by them. And I was like, oh, great. Okay. Well, that was good. And it's an awesome score. And the same thing here when she said, I was like, man, this score rules. It's like Nicholas Bertel. I wonder who did it. And it was Nicholas Bertel. <laughs> You know, we got a lot of succession people in the the Oscar sphere this year. Yes. Yeah. Uh, So I love the movie so much. I thought it's like absolutely like I was thinking of in two ways. A, just from a movie standpoint, it's one of my favorite movies of the whole year. I thought it was so good. It's so it's like I you you have it in in one or still two. (laughs) I have it in two in my Oscar picks, but I in my personal like preferences, it's like Top Gun Fableman's she said are all like the top movies I saw this year. And man, I loved it so much. I hate to say it's like this is going to sound weird because about what the topic is about and how much it like they really take care to like put the survivors forward like harvey's not actually he's in it but like from the back and like we'll talk about that obviously but I, it was it's so entertaining and like very well made i just found the pacing incredible it's like a great tiktok kind of like here's what's happening it absolutely is like in the vein of all the president's men in spotlight they've talked about that like that that is an influence i personally found it more entertaining than spotlight i don't know if it means it's better or not but i was like more engaged by it certainly and um, I, just, I feel like there's a little bit more humor in she said than it's in spotlight. it is funny uh it, which is weird to say also but there's like great scenes with uh carrie mulligan this is and we'll talk about this as her as her supporting campaign materializes but she has like i was thinking about it this morning She's got like multiple, like the most member, like, it's like, I forget who said this. This is, and somebody will tell me how stupid it is, but I'm like, a great movie is like three, three good scenes and no bad scenes, right? Like some, a famous person once said that I'll, and I'll Google it when I stop talking. Uh, <laughs> but, and I felt like Carrie's performance is like three really memorable scenes that I was like, oh, she's got a great scene with Peter Friedman, our boy, uh, Frank from Succession. Frank working for Harvey Weinstein, of course plays Lanny Davis incredible performance just loved it so much and there's a scene where the two of them are like kind of talking about things but not actually saying what they mean that's just pure succession I found it mm-hmm. a lot of subtext there a lot of subtext pure succession it reminded me like uh, it was a great shiv it would have been a great shiv scene on succession mm-hmm. and then there's a scene in the bar they go to a bar and she tells a a drunken uh, man who's hitting on them to like go f off that's so over the top but it got like a huge response in the, the screening i was in and i think it's like really fun even if it's like or she plays it like it's like it's good even if it's like very over the top yeah she has really great line readings because like the way she plays her too is just kind of like like don't give a fuck it's just yes. like but she's also very considerate obviously of like the victims and everything like it's just it's but there is it's, there's something about like her delivery like when she goes to um I think like the CFO or something of Miramax and then she's just like I, it's in the trailer the scenes in the trailer is like you know like tell me about the payouts and then the guy's wife it's, it's like really funny the guy's wife is like what payouts it's, it's really good and like she's like and then there's a third scene at the end when she's like uh, Harvey. So like we said, Harvey Weinstein's not in the movie. In the middle of the movie, they actually play the actual Harvey Weinstein audio from uh, the, the woman he was uh, accused of groping in downtown that was like actually made headlines before um, the New York Times expose, obviously. Um, and that's like real audio that is like impossible. I found it like really tough to listen to just like going like it's just so it's very upsetting. And then later, it's a lot of uh, this is a movie, great movie of people talking on phones of conference calls oh my god so much good phone acting and so there's like scenes later where there's seemingly a voice actor playing harvey like barking at like the new york times and then later there's a they show and this is in the trailer too a shot of him from the back they found someone to play like his back (laughs) and there's a great scene there where the it's a like like you said i think in the movie certainly carrie has great line readings and is much more of the uh Megan is much more of like the I don't know what she's, the she's like slightly more like a, aggressive in her person yeah suit. I was thinking like anim- uh, she's like very animated yeah. at times yeah maybe. and like so and Zoe as Jody Cantor like we had talked about in the column does a lot of listening she's the one doing interviewing the survivors so it's like scenes of her with like Samantha Morton where Samantha Morton is like unloading this incredible monologue and Jody as Zoe as Jody has to like just listen and like kind of process what she's hearing but there's a scene late in the movie where 
uh, Harvey comes into the Times and it's uh, Carrie sitting there in the conference room and it's like wordless and the camera just kind of like pushes in on her. And I thought that was great too, because she's like not saying anything, but the look on her face says yeah, like great a million face different acting, things. And that's also, I think, the peak of Bertel's score. Yes, it's great. Uh, so I was just like, I'm all in on this movie. I'm all in on her. I was, I was like, we talked about this way back in March and it was definitely on my short list for like best picture and best director. And I would, I know we like, I thought like it's the potential to be really corny or basic because it's like Hollywood, like giving itself a high five for bringing down Harvey Weinstein after years of like complicit behavior, basically. Right. Or like, you know, enabling. And I didn't find that at all though, watching it. I found it like really, like they really put the focus on the victims and and on the journalists. And by doing that, it found I found it like really just an incredible way to tell the story. And I just, I was like pushed through the whole thing. I thought it was so great. All the performances are amazing. Not just Carrie and Zoe, but like a lot of like the supporting performances. And like you said, like Samantha Morton, Jennifer Ellie have like very small like scenes, but they're amazing in their scenes. It's like very well cast. I don't know, I was just like way in. I got it in second for best picture choice. I feel like people are sleeping on it. Like I haven't seen any of the usual pundits going, uh, no, I think the reaction is not like very effusive. No, which I don't. I don't even know what I was expecting the reaction to be. Like I enjoyed it too, um, and I do agree it's it's um, entertaining and very watchable, but also yeah. very respectful of the severity of the situation and of the victims and everything. And I I love a good journalism procedural, and this is it. Yeah, and it's really great because it it shows like you know you know these days anyone can write anything on the internet and just publish it right away just yes. you want to be first right yes. you know online but like <laughs> re- real journalism like print like when investigative reporting it takes time and months you know and you need to get the facts right right a lot, a lot of loose facts on the internet they had to get the facts right they had to get you know double sourcing on everything so it was so me being like a journalism nerd like i love like all the stuff at the times too with um Andre Brower and uh, Patricia Clarkson uh, yes. as their editors. Um, and also like Patty giving them notes on the lead, just really good stuff. Really good. It's like, I mean, like a lot of the stuff that, the, you know, when they're doing the writing of the article and all of that reminded me of the post a little bit, another best picture uh, nominee, you know, like at the end when they're like kind of doing all that. I, I think this is better than the post also. I just was like really taken with it. I, I found the, it's one of those things where again, you like know what's going to happen and yet the way it is, not that I'm like, it wasn't like, I'm like, oh, I'm forgetting what's going to happen. But I'm like, you know, it's going to happen. You're still engaged. Like, it doesn't like actually like drag at all. And I really found, and, and they've talked about this in the interviews, Carrie and, and Zoe have done a few interviews already about it and how like they really, like the victims were involved heavily in the production, including Ashley Judd, who's in the movie, which I was like kind of surprised by, but like- Yeah, they brought surprised. her- um she didn't like walk the red carpet or anything at the premiere New York Film Festival, but they brought her out on stage after the film. Um, and it's like, Broadway. so that's really cool. And then they had like, like they're basing, obviously based on the book and it's like all stuff that happened, like you had said, but also like, I know that they seemingly talked to Jody Cantor and Megan Tui a lot in their like prep. And so it feels really authentic from their perspective as well. And yeah, I, there's a scene like in the movie that I found like really great. And it's like, it's funny because they're not, like they weren't friends before they did the they were colleagues. They were colleagues. colleagues. And they actually still, I mean, I'm sure they're friends now because they've been through a lot together, but they're still like, like it is interesting. And like, there's a scene in the, like towards the beginning where they kind of first hook up and like Jody Cantor has, like Megan Tui is like unsure why they're even doing it. And I found that part like really like interesting where she's just like, what are we report? Like, why are we, why do we care about this basically when we could be talking, when we could be reporting on so many other systemic abuses uh, for people who maybe need it more than Hollywood actors. And I felt like that was like, again, a great way to like contextualize a story and show the greater implications of Harvey Weinstein without being too preachy, at least for me, it didn't feel like, like this is a message that you should pay attention to if you're the audience. I just found the way they handled a lot of those scenes yeah, really there is a lot of discussion in there. Be like, like, will will anything happen from this? Like, will will there be actually be an impact? Because this is, you know, not their first rodeo reporting on, you know, abuse or, you know, just right. a, like in a workplace or anywhere really. Um, and and the movie starts. There's a lot of setup. It starts in 2016 actually with Trump and a lot of that stuff. So it it's like it tees up and how like Trump. And like Bill O'Reilly and all that, like led to 
Harvey Weinstein in 2017 yes. too. Yeah. Trump also in the movie, Joyce. Not his yes. for real, yeah, his but voice. Uh, his yeah. voice is in the movie. There's a lot of voices in the movie, Joyce. Uh, it was Howard Hawks who said three great scenes and no bad scenes. And I feel like that is Carrie Mulligan in this movie. She's got three great scenes and no bad scenes. And I'm like, in, put her in there for supporting actress. So uh, I, like I said, I'm very bullish on it for best picture. I think people will actually, th- so I was like, I honestly do think it could be one, A, because it's coming late. It doesn't come out till November, and it's it, not- it's also in a weird spot because it's opening November eighteenth, which is the week after Black Panther, um, and then the week before another Universal film, The Fablemans, right. goes wide. They have a lot of Universal big year for them, I think, because they big have year for them, and then Universal just swapping their actresses all over the place. Yes, so I was like, okay, like. You know, I just thought of this too, now that they're both the same and I'm, you probably have already thought of this, but I'm like, I wonder if they knew, obviously when they're making these decisions, they're not necessarily in a vacuum. I wonder if they knew they had a great shot with Carrie and supporting if Michelle was in lead. And like we have talked about Michelle Williams in lead for Fableman, still not off the table that she could win. It's very likely that she could, right? She's going to be a serious contender. It's like great performance and she's so well-liked that maybe they were like, if we move Michelle into lead, then it'll make it easier for Carrie Mulligan to win her Oscar for this, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, you know, like all, all of the performers themselves would also have to, whoever's idea this was, like all of the performers themselves also have to sign off on it. Right. You know? So right. a lot of voices in the room about right. all this stuff. So yeah, like, you know, I guess like you could say maybe once Michelle agreed to go lead or maybe chose to go lead, then they would have to juggle three lead actresses. Right. You know? And now so they can- I guess yeah. it like they don't have, I mean, listen, I, I love like the Samantha Moore and Jennifer Ely in She Said, but like that, those are long shots for nomination. For sure. Um, so I guess it's like, you might want to sacrifice them. Like those, like almost like cameos, but not cameo. Well, Jennifer is not really a cameo, but it's, it's definitely on the s- smaller side of yeah. you know, like um, in terms of screen time. Um, she has a little bit more of an arc throughout the film, but still. And so it's like, they're gonna sacrifice them to run, you know, turns out Carrie, in supporting right. and try to secure that and also maybe they maybe they weren't even thinking about this until they saw how much uh disarray supporting actresses in since michelle vacated it that's true also right so, um yeah no i think i i do think people so it is a weird like like you said like a weird in between time when it's coming out but i think that it's coming out late that it didn't play a lot of the festival so it doesn't seem it's not like in the front runner conversation they, they wanted to premiere at new york obviously so. and I could see, I think it's going to play really well for a couple of reasons. A, it's really entertaining, like I said. And it's like very watchable, like you said. Like it is just an easy movie to watch and I think really respond to. And it does hit that emotional moment. Like it does have emotional moments where like we talked about like Till, very emotional movie, but I didn't tear up. This one, I actually, I cried in this. And she said, I was like tearing up. Yeah, I I don't, you know, I don't cry at movies, but there are several parts in this movie where I was like, wow like yeah. That was, yeah that was a good scene <laughs> right so I was like I'm into this like good so acting, I think great acting <laughs> yeah so I think it'll like I think there will be a great response to it and I think the way it handles the, the wine scene stuff and everything I think we'll get a great response within the industry too and I think the way because it's handled so clear-eyed it won't feel phony for people to be like I actually really liked it like you know that was the other problem I thought we were going to have with this is that it's like going to be like like a phony Hollywood version of this story, but it doesn't feel like that at all. It's like so well done. And then all the tech stuff, I mean, like editing, I think it would be a series. I found the, I found the pacing really, really sharp. It's like just very quick and like handled really well, even though it's like a little over two hours. I think it's like two hours and 10 minutes. The score, Bertel Oscar, here we go. Let's do it. You're going to have him beating John Williams. Heck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) John Williams in his final hurrah. I mean, no, probably not. But and the film is a great score. But I mean, Rattel, I'm in. Let's do it. Uh, I think I think adapted screenplay. It's very very. I mean, I've, I've always had it in adapted, and I felt like if it was gonna flop or turn out to be not good, then it could still get adapted because it that category is so soft. This and it year. could. I mean, it um, could. It's right now. It's in third in the odds behind Women Talking the Whale, and and I could see it certainly being more uh, less polarizing than those two, at least. Yeah, um, I mean, I did put it um, in uh, my best picture lineup. I think I put it in 10. So the opposite end of the spectrum for me. <laughs> I don't have a winning yet, but yeah. Um, but I I guess I'm also thinking, like, I, I do think it will play 
well with certain people um, and also with certain people in the industry. But I'm also wondering like if some people in the industry might feel like it's too soon too for this. Sure. You know? Maybe. I, I, the reason I also was like thinking I think it could do really well is because when you're talking about the Academy now, we've talked about it. Like it's very, uh, just very split, right? There's like people who've been in it for a hundred years and they're, uh, in, you know, on the, el- yeah. on the old side, right? And they have like specific tastes. So we've talked about like things like everything everywhere might just go over their heads. And then you have like a newer, younger side that's like hipper and more uh, looking for those uh, offbeat kind of Oscar movies. And I think this could maybe hit the middle ground of both because I think if you're an older, like like I said, like it does harken back to like all the president's men and not in like a way that I think you'd be like, go F yourself for even suggesting that it's like all the president's men. And then also it does feel modern in the way they're telling the story. And like just the little notes of like how uh, the script like goes into their home lives without being like too aggressive on that and shows like them in the workplace and how much they have to juggle as women in the workplace, not to be like, not, not to be like the no abuse elevator uh, selfie here, but I'm like, it does talk about that at least. And like kind of uses that without being too heavy handed again as like character development for these two and like what they're doing and what it means for their personal lives, but also like how they're, you know, like getting the story. I just think all that could speak really well to like both factions of the academy yeah i I do think there's there's a part like the senegal part of me feels like um there are people who would just want to virtual signal yes um, virtual signal and just be like yeah i I support this because harvey was bad even though i was complicit in all this right Right. um but yeah i'm also like you know maybe there are some people are just like look at hollywood like trying to pat themselves on the back with this you know but there, so that might be like the, 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 but I think in the Hollywood, they're like, yes, we're patting ourselves on the back. We did. Yeah. It. It's like, you know, go us. We, we finally got rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> and we uh, made so I, so I have it in for, for picture when I will put Carrie Mulligan absolutely in for best supporting actress. Like we've talked about that category is uh, pretty wide open. And yeah. And I don't know who I would like, I want to put her into, but I don't know who I would drop. So to. I had Stephanie Sue in there and I dropped her. And I put Jamie Lee Curtis winning at the moment, but I don't know if I would keep that. I know. You you just do that today. Yeah, I did. Why? Because of of all her Halloween ends press. Yes. Last week. Well, I was just like, of all the people, like I do think I would have Carrie Mulligan winning here, but I was like, for Jamie Lee Curtis, of all the people here, she's got like the best narrative of like, and again, they're not very sentimental anymore. Maybe they never were, as we talked about on like Oscars playback and stuff. But I'm like, she definitely has like that kind of narrative. Like, oh man, let's give Jamie Jamie Lee Curtis an Oscar after all these years. So. But anyway, I took out Stephanie Sue because I feel like of the two, everything everywhere, while I think Stephanie's performance was my favorite in the whole movie and I would just love to see her get nominated. I think the fact that she's like a relative newcomer for people who are doing this, even though she's not in real life, uh, would probably make it harder for her to get nominated. So that was- But I think like of the two, like I can see them both getting in. Um, But I think if you love Stephanie, like she will just have more passion behind her. Whereas I don't know if- Jamie's performance has had that kind of passion like you know it's been over six months or six months since the movie came out and really like no one was seriously talking about Jamie Lee Curtis no offense to Jamie Lee Curtis not not at all all this this past week when she's like I'm gonna campaign my ass off yeah truly I remember we were talking about this and I remember thinking like no way because the performance is like goofy it's a goofy like it's like she's doing comic relief Yeah. yeah So um, she has some nice moments with Michelle. Um, she does. She does. That's true. Fingers, Towards the so. end, that's true. So yeah, I don't know who I you. Think, who but like Stephanie, out. she's part of like the the main arc, and she is part of like the emotional climax. She is, and she's awesome yeah. in the movie. She's so good. Um, so yeah. So I have I have double woman talking Hong Chow, Carrie Condon, and my girl Nina Haas. So I'm like, who am I gonna drop? Because I have Nina Haas at 100 to one. <laughs> I mean, you want to keep Nina Haas. I would maybe say Hong Chow, even though she's still fifth in the odds. I'm not sure the whale, like- Or what if I, what, what if I go down to just one woman talking? So that would be interesting. It could happen. And I do wonder, I mean, that was like, some, I forget, I heard somebody, I overheard somebody saying this, I think when I was walking out, I don't remember who it was, but they were like, how, what has she said be, due to women talking? Not that we need to pit these Oh, that was, that was like the other- thing I was thinking of before when we were talking about like haters or people who could hate this like there are going to be people and um let's be real who are just going to group those two movies together certainly going to group them together and I think 
certainly going to be like, oh, there's only room for one, like, mm-hmm. you know, like Maria Schrader. Like, I could see, like, honestly, sadly, like being like, I don't have Maria Schrader in for best director because I just think it's a tough lineup to crack at the moment. But I'm like, I could easily see them being like either Sarah Polly or Maria Schrader. Like, there's one spot for one of the one of these women instead of both of them getting in, sadly. Um, I mean, you know, they did it uh, with Chloe and Emerald. Um, That's true. But know, I think that was but, like, but those are a different, um, those are stronger films. And I don't know, I think, I think as a film overall, woman talking is probably stronger right now um, than she said. Um, I, I don't know. I'm like, I'm more cautious with she said right now. Like, I want to see how it plays going I- forward. I I I want to be cautious, but I'm all, like I'm trying to balance my uh, incredible love for the film with the. With the You're with, when are you ever cautious? You're reactionary. I don't know. I'm just so reactive, but I'm like I do find it curious that I'm like none of these like I just I'm, I don't think people like you said I also don't know who has seen it because they just played it at New York Film Festival. They clearly did some screenings before it. Like they played at London, I think. I think they went to London, and it did go to London right after, and they did some screenings, but it didn't go to like you know, like it wasn't at Middleburg where a lot of people were this past weekend. So like, if you missed it in your film festival on Thursday, cause you were at Middleburg film festival, let's say, or whatever, then you just didn't see it yet. You know, and it's going to be like, you'll have to catch it. it yeah. It is also um, funny. Like when films hit various festivals to see how different or similar the reactions at each specific location is, you know, like certain films yes. play better in one place and not the other. Sometimes you could tell like right away, like something will flop at Venice, but then have a better response. Like, stateside you know I think we kind of saw that with like white noise a little yeah it didn't totally flop but like it definitely had a better response in New it York happened to um our fave the last duel last year mm-hmm. yep so um so yeah I don't know I'm pretty bullish on she said I don't know and I don't like I will put Carrie in. so would you take who would you take out then to put Carrie? I, I don't know I if you took okay, out one so of them, if, if you were to drop a woman talking woman who would you drop so preference would be Jesse Buckley, but I actually think she has a better shot of getting in because of the name recognition and the, being a nominee last year. So I would say probably drop Claire Foy, even though I think I won't, I had her winning like, you know, as recently as like last week. But if I had a pick between the two, I think there's a better shot that Jesse Buckley would get nominated. I mean, like, I, I prefer Jesse to Claire personally, but like, I don't use my personal right i was i guess like we talked about like claire definitely has the mark ruffalo part right and yeah it's it's like the louder performance the more but i think because jesse was just nominated last year and also has like a very and claire missed for first man (laughs) right and it's a very similar performance to first man i would argue i don't know yeah i mean i guess i could do hong chow but she i'm just i we haven't seen the whale. That's like one of the few we haven't. Yeah, seen. like she she has like this the second best raves after Brendan. She does, and like I def- and she's also like an actress who was on the cusp. I feel like for like downsizing, I feel like she was definitely in the conversation. She's great for, in the menu, and she's great in the menu, and it's like a great you know like another one of those actors who you're like waiting to get like a nomination kind of. I'm just like not sure. I still don't know how to rate the whale because we haven't seen it, and I'm just like. I mean, I think she can, no matter what happens to the film overall, like, I think she can still get in. Right. Um, even if the film doesn't get the best picture or anything. And, like, I'm not dropping Carrie Condon. Um, no, I think she's Like, I mean, good. the easiest thing for me to do is to drop Nina Haas, but I don't want to. Right. You want to keep that 100 to 1. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't no, know. I don't know. I mean, but, I, so I was also thinking about this, um, how I, I could see, like, the floor for She Said being um, just picture and adapted screenplay like I could like especially when they were both still in lead like I I could see them not getting any acting nominations if they were in both in lead I think I don't think I would have had any acting yeah like I I wasn't predicting them in lead actress I wouldn't have predicted either of them in lead actress because I think they would cancel each other out I would have made an argument for Samantha Morton because I think her scene is just as good as Judd Hirsch's so good and then she has she also has one scene in the whale um that she apparently also kills so, but she's, yeah, she has one scene here. It's like probably 10 minutes long. Yeah, it's like eight to 10 minutes. And it's but like, like, there's amazing. so much, like you don't meet her character until then. And there's so much character detail and richness. And just like, it's all it in, it's so stupid to say, but like, it's all in her performance, like everything, like in her face and the way she delivers these lines. And then also the back and, not really back and forth, but like, like you were saying with Zoe, just listening. A lot sure. of great listening. Yeah, a lot, lot of great listening. And 
yeah like she just shares her experience with harvey and like what happened and it's it's so good and if they give out oscars for one scene like single single scene performance they should give it to her they could do that they could create a new category and then you'd have judd hirsch and her and we could come up with a few others i'm sure and it would be a great uh category this year yeah uh, like she does so much in that one scene than a, a lot of people do in whole movies right like you just know so much about that character and then she just like mic drops and walks out <laughs> it's funny too because she's if you've seen the trailer she's in the trailer she plays zelda yeah. perkins who's like a major uh you know name in the weinstein investigation and like kind of was like very vocal about uh during the reporting and stuff and i was expecting her to have a bigger role honestly based on the trailer or at least like a supporting role but like in more than one scene and then it's like just more like, like jennifer ely yeah and she's just <laughs> just kills it and then leaves it's great okay. uh i don't know i i like I put it in for SAG Ensemble. I did put it in there because I feel like a lot of the actors are also like SAG friendly, like New York stage performers. You know what? I, like I realized after I saw the movie that I was like, oh, I think I have Samantha Morton in my SAG predictions and I do. I don't know if I should keep her, but I did put her in there like weeks before I saw the movie. It just feels like there's a lot of like very recognizable like people who are liked in the industry or in the, you know, Yeah, I guess well, SAG is also very um, uh, socially conscious too. Yes. And I was like, oh, and there's like, like, yeah, like we, like you mentioned, like Andre Brower and Patricia Clarkson are great. Uh, Andre Brower is hilarious, like truly so hilarious as Dean Beckett. Beck- Especially just, like when he's just like done with Harvey on the phone. He just is like so uh, gruff and like, it's like a, it's just the classic like editor part that like Leah Shriver did so well in Spotlight as, as uh, Marty Baron. But I was like really impressed with Andre Brower and then he's like so good and like all these like, like you said, like all these little performances are really great literature. I do think it could do well at SAG. I mean, I guess we'll see. I don't know. I was like, I'm very into seeing how this plays out. I think one of the benefits that it will have as the later the season goes on is that, like you said, it does come out like publicly like in November. So that's kind of like in a weird spot because it's between a lot of big movies. But in the end, it's like a lot of the stuff coming out at the end of the year is going to be noisy, big, like blockbustery stuff, right? Like Avatar, Black Panther, Babylon, even even if it's not like a blockbuster, is like massive. It seems like it's scope. It's like a hundred million dollar budget and like three hours long. And I'm like, this movie will come out and be like, uh, oh. And I was like thinking, you like you're right. Like maybe the floor to me, I was like, it could be like again, not to to keep harping on Coda. And I actually think this is maybe slightly better than Coda as a movie. It is better than Coda. (laughs) But I was like, it could easily get like like I would not be like this is crazy. And it's October 18th, and you can laugh in my face three six months from now and we're at the, watching the oscars and it doesn't happen but i was like there's a world where it could win best picture best adapted screenplay and a supporting actor or i mean a supporting actress nominate win for carrie and it just gets those three out of like three not three or four nominations in the end and like i could see that happening i really could um i mean like the other thing is i think it's it's a different and probably harder field for it to rise that much i'm not saying it can't win best picture but i think you know like we've said like coda really benefited from apathy uh like from voters about these other films really right i guess it will it remains to be like we said like it were, some of these we've see, obviously seen a lot of these and like it remains to be seen though how like like does something like the fablemans we both love and like i think it's great but i'm like will you, it sustain you know what i was thinking about the fablemans um with you know this like uh lead supporting carousel um, and just its status in general, like it, you know, it won TIFF as expected and it's been the front runner this entire time, but it has managed to maintain this uh, position as a low key front runner, which is what we were worried about. Like, can it, like, you know, we were afraid like it's it's gonna suffer backlash like really soon because everyone is like, has this a number one and like we knew it was gonna win TIFF and all this stuff. Um, but, you know, it just, it went to TIFF won that and then it's been pretty quiet except for you know the michelle bombshell but even then that that kind of like you know quieted down pretty quickly and um i mean it'll pick up again when like the movie opens next month probably but um but yeah like no one has really i guess the other part is like a lot of people don't think she can win best actress so and then we've had you know like tar open um woman king open and till open so it's like every every time like one of these lead actress contenders opens like everyone's like oh this person's gonna win this week sure but then the next week is like oh their movie open they're gonna win (laughs) right 
I will say, uh, I think that's, I think that's true. I will say for uh, last things on she said, hey, what did you drop to put it in for best picture? Um, glass onion. So I dropped a uh, woman king, and I kept glass onion for now, and I guess we'll see. And then uh, the other thing is with Carrie going supporting. I don't think I don't would not expect Zoe Kazan to get nominated, but I think it's much more reasonable. It, she's it's much more believable that she could be in that like five to ten range now if she, as a solo representative for the movie than it would have been the other last week if they were both in lead. Like I think there will be yeah. she's really good in the movie, and it's like I think it's like I would say it's like she's been acting for so many years and like is like not like you know I think it's like her biggest it's probably her most high high profile movie and performance i would say even though she's yeah. been great and like ruby spark she was like the lead obviously and stuff but i'm like i don't know i think she's great and it's like people really do like her and i could see her getting a lot of traction i, I don't think she'll get it but paul dano can get uh his and hers nominations yeah i guess i guess i guess if i was going to make the case for her to get in it would be i think the top four again is like loaded so we're talking like kate kate uh, kate blanchett uh daniel deadweiler michelle yo and michelle williams and then I have like Viola Davis still in there in fifth. But I'm like, I guess if Zoe Kazan was going to get in, the argument would be that there will be a lot of passion for her. But I'm not sure if the performance. I think the movie will really have to be big. Yeah. And and yeah, because right now, like now that they're split, I see an easier path for Carrie to get in supporting because it's so open. Definitely. Um, and but I could also still just see her missing too because I, I don't know. Like I don't I, know what's going on in the category. <laughs> I also don't know like. Should we? I mean, a lot of people thought she was going to win Best Actress. I'm still not sure, like, what her stat, like, what are the, what are the Academy think? Young woman. Yeah, like, what, is, what does the Academy actually think of Carrie Mulligan? But I think she's great in this movie. She's so good, and um, she has. The I mean, I think this character in the role itself is more palatable than Cassie. Certainly, in promising in promising element to um, the Academy at large, and that that I mean, I loved her in that movie, and I mean, I would have probably given it to her myself that year um but that was just like not a typical like oscar reek performance like it was like almost anti-bait yes you know and it's not even i like i love the ending but i could see people just being kind of like down about the ending in that for movie sure too. i can't believe we're doing this again <laughs> it's only two years two years later <laughs> Uh, so that's that she said. Let's move on to. Uh, do you want to do Armageddon Time since you just saw it? Your favorite movie. Love Armageddon Time. So what? Uh, you just saw it. Uh, what was your What was your take on it? What do you think? Um, totally fine. I totally. I was like, this is a total Chris movie. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Um, it is. Yeah. You no know, lives. I was I was concerned because it's set in Queens, where I was born and raised. Yes. And. Um, and I know they shot in New Jersey. So I was very concerned about that because we, we remember what happened last year when they used Massachusetts to double for Long Island and True. nothing like Long Island in the tender bar. Uh, unforgivable, an unforgivable choice. And I would say actually cost the movie, in my estimation, at least like a full star rating for me. I, I, Cause I rewatched it and it was like, it's a good There's movie. No verisimilitude, but Armageddon time, they did a great job. <laughs> yeah, like, they did. Passing off Queens um, in the 80s um and even with like the subway cars too and the graffiti but anyway um I yeah I thought it was a, a solid film I don't know if I would I know you still have our guy Jeremy Strong in there um I don't know if I would add anybody really so I'm really kind of just going down on a wing and a pair of Jeremy because I just love him so much I do think he's like remarkably good in the movie though yeah and I he really has, like, like him he has a he has a really good final scene really good final scene and the thing I think that would hurt him the most beyond this, the movie and like he could potentially be a lone nominee, though I do have it in for original screenplay because I'm not sure there's a lot of original screenplays to fill it out. And James Gray, I think is- I mean, original screenplay is packed this year. Well, let me take a look. I mean, like there's like a solid six. There's a solid six. I took out, like, I don't have Babylon in. I don't have Babylon. I, and you have Triangle of Sadness and I took Armageddon Time in. So that's the difference, I would imagine, because we both have Fableman's Banshees and everything yeah, everywhere in Tar, right? That's a pretty, pretty straight on. Though Babylon somehow is in four. I guess it's tied with Tar for fourth. So I could see every Armageddon time getting in because I do think James Gray they could mount a nice, nice campaign for that and like a way to recognize the movie 
if even if people aren't going to like go nuts for for best picture or something else. So I don't think Jeremy would be a lone nominee in my calculus, but I'm like, he probably would be a lone nominee. And then it's like, eh, maybe he doesn't get in, but I'm going to keep him in. The other thing that would hurt him, I think, is that Anthony Hopkins is as good, if not better than him in the movie. He's really good. Um, oh, yeah. I really so like, good. he's also like the most easily lovable. He, he's the grandpa. He's the most easily lovable character in the movie. And like the second, he, he comes in before Anne Hathaway and Jeremy Strong do in the film too. Yeah. And you just and instantly fall in love with him. He's great. And it's like, it definitely is such an effortless uh, like performance, I feel like, from him. It just feels like he's just like kind of like just got his feet up and just knocking it out of the park, basically. You know what I mean? Like there's no, like he doesn't show any work. It's just like he's that, he's like so in locked he's in. Oh, yeah. Like that it, is just is like just a remarkable performance. And I mean, we've seen like grandpas get nominated. That's not like a, uh, you know, like that happens. I think a lot of times the Oscars <laughs> that like the grandfather figure gets in or grandmother figure gets in so i i mean i could see him getting in but i don't think so i don't know jeremy i feel like is going to get that sag nomination because everybody the actors love him joyce um i yeah i don't i like again like similar to she said i think that the film will have to like be big um uh and he does get to do a lot in the movie jeremy um got an accent of course he does. Uh, and like he sings and dances too. Not honesty, sadly. No, no, no tiny Wu-Tang here. No. Either. Um, <laughs> tiny yeah, like, I, I enjoyed all the performances too. And it like, I'm not going to predict it for SAG Ensemble, but I would not be upset if it we're nominated for SAG Ensemble. <laughs> it is a great ensemble. The other thing, the other problem with the movie, or not a problem, but like, it's just is like, boy, it's such an interesting mirror of Fablemans, I feel mm-hmm. like. And yeah. it's like the same... It's kind another movie memoir. A movie memoir and it, a, a, with a Jewish family at its core and like the the grandfather figures and the parents having like, you know, in this case, not as contentious a relationship as like Steven Spielberg's parents in Fablemans. But I'm like, there's a lot of similarities there. And I wonder, like, there's it just feels like- in school. Yeah. And I'm like, is like, it would be hard to imagine Armageddon Time and Fablemans both being in the SAG line. Like two of the, two of the same movie getting in, it just feels like, not like yeah i think that's also it's it's you know um issue you could say with the oscars too, or like just in general it's just like there's other similar movie memoir that's gonna be like bigger and more mainstream yeah Um, so like i don't have paul dano in for supporting i do have jeremy in but i think most people would say paul dano would be the more obvious pick there because they're like again similar parts but paul dano is the more ambliny version of the dad than the Jeremy version, the James Gray version of the dad who is a little abusive and a little brusque and, uh, you know, a lot different, I think, in, than, than the, the Dano dad. Dano dad. Dano dad. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, in, in an alternate universe, like, this could be the movie with double noms and supporting actor. Right. Before, I don't know anyone who's predicting that, but... I will... Nobody, nobody is, but I'll tell you this, before... Before, when I was at Telluride, I did have them both in for like a hot second because I was like, well, I haven't seen anything else. And I've seen the two of them and they're great. So I'll put them in. Why not? Um, um, yeah, no, it was it's also uh, less than two hours. So highly recommend. Another another great another great selling point. That's, that's you know, got the Joyce seal of approval. I think it comes out October 28th. It's, is that right? Yeah, next Friday. So. So, I mean, not a terrible time. No. Really? Um, I do know, think it'll be a little focuses uh, number one is tar yes and I, I do think it'll be a little polarizing not as polarizing yeah. as some of the other ones we've seen no but, but like um, I mean I think the reactions have been kind of mixed anyway yeah so but you know this it's 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 such a specific story and like to its life too um and uh, I, you know, I, I enjoyed Anne, but I don't think she has enough to really make an impact in supporting actress. I agree. I don't think so either. Even yeah. even love, in love a, my Anne Hathaway. Even in a wide open category. God, I love it. She, she has a good scene on a stairwell. Really good. She's really. I, I mean, she is yeah. quite good in it. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't think she's gonna get in. But and then and then Joyce, you were saying before we started recording, uh, Banshees of an Isherin comes out this week. This week 
on Friday. Yes. So we didn't talk a lot about that movie, did we? But we loved it. Um, we did when we saw it like a month. We did. I guess we saw. I, it. Wait, I don't know. I don't know how much we talked about it. But... We we talked a little about it. It's great. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Um, I think I talked more about Jenny the donkey. Yeah, we did talk about the donkey. We love yeah. Jenny the donkey. Love Jenny. Uh, I have since we've talked about it. I have. I'm pretty bullish on that one as well. Like Martin McDonough is still only, I think, in sixth place, at least among the experts in director. But I could see, like, I think when I still think that's going to be like, is not a, is the most, is the closest thing to a lock we have right now is Steven Spielberg for best director, kind of like Jane Campion for Power of the Dog. But I'm like, if I had to pick somebody else, I actually would pick McDonough over the rest of the field. I think he's like, it's a great movie and it's like, a really, really remarkable work he does in it as a director. So I think he's getting in, but not, he's in six that looks like in our odds, but I don't know. Yeah, I, loved, I, I um don't have him in yet. I think I dropped him. I think I did. And then I dropped him, um, but I would love for him to get in. Um, I mean, I had no problem with him being snubbed for three awards for, for PTA. That was also kind of funny. Um, but this, I'm like, he deserves a directing nomination he does and i think i would say know, it's it's his best film like i love in bruges too i love in bruges and i did like three billboards i know people don't like it whatever yeah, but i, I was, was like, like like i didn't uh, the three billboards i was just completely like man i was like i didn't hate it like a lot of people did but i, I liked it but i definitely think this is his best movie it just feels yeah. like it's like it's There's weird just to, like it's a it's such a a brutal breakup because basically Brendan Gleeson breaks up with his BFF Colin Farrell and right. people understand why. Right. And I think it's also like really highly relatable. And because I think there's also something, I think we've all had those types of friendships in our lives yeah. where like maybe no matter how close you are, like someone just stops talking to you for a while or like, you know, not like totally ghosting you, but they're just being curt and short with you. And you just don't understand why. And I think the difference is with platonic relationships versus romantic is like when you start dating you you expect to break up like right. you don't go into the relationship expecting like this is not going to last but you know chances are like the first person you date or a serious relationship with you're not going to spend the rest of the life with them you're going to date a couple more people before that right but you could have lifelong friends mm-hmm. and it's so brutal if like something like this happens and it doesn't last and you you really don't do anything, but it's like people change, you know, and you're just trying to understand that. And it's so bittersweet. Um, and I love bittersweet movies. I don't need a happy ending. And not, not to say that this doesn't have a happy ending, but I'm, like, it's, it's like, it has um, kind of also like a, a fantastical tone to it too, which I also enjoy. I don't know if that's everyone's cup of tea either, uh, but yeah, I, I, and it's gorgeous too. It is really, I mean, it's so, it's so silly. It's really cinematic. I was expecting, I guess I, based on what I knew about it, I was like, oh, it's going to be like, just like a talky kind of like chamber I piece. I mean, they do talk a lot. They do talk a lot, but it's like real, it's like a movie movie. You know what I mean? It's like gorgeous. Like it takes full advantage of like the setting and the production design and the costumes and every facet of the movie is like high end. It's Great not scenarios. like, it's not like a, a, a stage show basically. Yeah. I don't know. So, so I think it'll do really well. I, I think it could get, and we talked about it could maybe get four acting nominations. I know, because I was thinking about putting Barry Keoghan in. <laughs> I still don't have Barry Keoghan in, but I'm like, I really think he could. I, I moved Brandon Gleason up to first because I just think uh, it's such a great performance. And I do think he could r- go the distance, even though he's not the favorite right now at the moment. But he's so good in it. I have Colin in. And Colin, I think, is going to be a frisky contender and best actor. He won right. at Venice over uh, Brendan Fraser, right? Uh, in, yeah, the in- Banshees won too at Venice uh, and so screenplay I know like Brendan Fraser is definitely like the top choice for a lot of people and we have Austin Butler obviously as our Elvis uh uh representative but I don't know I was like I could see Colin making a real run for it if Colin won it would remind me of like Olivia Coleman winning for the crown uh for the crown for the crown for for, for the crown <laughs> but well I, know, I, I mean see- she was also I think that that performance is a lot flashier too and this is not as flashy, but but you do. It's very sympathetic. Um, it's very sympathetic, and he's super good. He's yeah, just so it's good. It's very funny. I think I talked about his one of his line readings. We did. Uh, yeah, that's it's coming back to me now. It's, it's and I think funny. we could like I think if you get four acting nominations, I think it will get like 
I mean, score I thought was great. It's Carter Burwell. Production design I think is gorgeous. The cinematography is great. Screenplay I think it'll be a top top contender there in the original side. I don't think it could. Yeah. I don't think it'll win, but it could, I guess. Um, I think like for Colin, like we've said, like it it sucks that he even though the category is weak this year, it sucks that he's going up in, against like two transformational performances, and one of them is playing a super famous musician. <laughs> yes too so it's it's like he doesn't have all these like extra things to his performance um, no he's just got to rely on the performance which is great yeah, but yeah and the performance is great so i get to see him doing really well with critics um uh i think he's gonna win the comedy globe mm-hmm. um so he'll have that as like a major precursor uh he probably won't win sag um bafta i think he's gonna be top three we talked about this sort of last week and how Austin probably won't get in at BAFTA if he's not top three, because I don't see him being a jury pick. Right. So, I mean, I could see him like maybe winning BAFTA if they're not just going to piggyback on whoever just won like the Globe or Critics' Choice, because SAG right. is after BAFTA this year. So eventually, jurors will see the whale and then we'll be able to be like, oh, here's why this it's is Brendan. Be Brendan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I, I still don't know. Um, but you have you have Brendan Gleeson in first. I do. I I'm not so like uh Kiyu Kwan is like the top choice basically for us for everything everywhere. And man, he's great in the movie, but and it, I guess the comp would be like Troy Kotzer, I guess. Is that kind of like the likable supporting male performance that just kind of like generates a lot of momentum because people like the actor as well? But I think Brandon Gleason really has so much to chew on in the movie that the performance is like just kind of like better not to like not you know what I, mean? I don't know I'm just like I just think he's better in it and like I do I do love the performance a lot um but I again I could see it people also not really um like getting it in a way because like I think we talked about this a little bit and how it's it's like totally fine for them to be split and lead in supporting because the film is uh told uh, mostly from Colin's POV because it's him like investigating trying to figure out why Brendan uh, won't be his friend anymore and I think the way Brendan plays it is is great because he like it's it's not really opaque the way he plays it because like he gives you enough um to for you to infer like why he's like sort of done with Colin um but it doesn't spell things out for you right and I wonder if that's going to be an issue because we've seen that like they they like, you know, to be spoon fed information. I I guess the other thing is like similar to like what we were saying before about like Jamie Lee Curtis. When I watched Everything Everywhere back in the spring, I was like best. I was like not I was sold on like I was like, oh, best picture of Michelle for sure. It didn't really dawn on me that like Kiyu Kwan would be like a nominee or like a front runner to win watching it he's really good in it but it's like it never was like something where i was like oh that's a that's a no-brainer and now it just seemingly happened that he's like the front runner yeah i think that's because of a lot of things it's just kind of it was the earliest scene strongest contender right right and then so then people were just like oh i saw this movie i loved him and it's great story like yeah, he's got like an all-time story, comeback like, story he, like you know, Steven Spielberg discovered him and he could beat two actors in Steven Spielberg films to win an Oscar right now. It'd be really cool. And it would just be great, like, to have him, like, at the same, like, I don't know, I think it'd be neat to have, like, him win an Oscar the night Steven Spielberg wins an Oscar for his, like, yeah. memoir movie. I, I know, like, he just, he just visited the, the set of The Goonies. Last right. Week. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I'm not against it. It's not like I'm like, I would be mad if he yeah, won. Yeah, I, but... I think that it's just, it's just the category it has been very open and he just kind of slid in there, maybe even almost as a default. That's kind of what and I was then, wondering. And then like, is. as things have unfurled, um, you know, there hasn't been a lot of like strong standout contenders rising. Um, right. And he also, it, I guess it, uh, if like Michelle Yeoh does not win Best Actress, it also seems like this could be like a great place to honor the movie too. Right for him um i guess i'm so, trying to figure although out although i guess like it's kind of like it'll be weird if it's like he's winning for that movie it, but like you know it's like different race different category so i guess i gotta figure out to me is is he the uh 
the co- uh, Troy Kotzer of this race or the Cody Smith McPhee of this race, right? Because Cody Smith McPhee, I felt like was like the placeholder there for a lot of the season last year and then ended up losing to Troy. And it was Brendan, then Troy. Yeah, I well, I mean, it was, well, well, Cody won the Globe and I wonder how, I mean, he probably would have ended up losing to Oscar anyway, but I wonder like had the Globes been televised, like how certain people would have benefited from that. Certainly someone like, like him Nicole would have benefited. <laughs> I think he would have, I think he would have absolutely benefited because we always say the televised awards, if you're a newcomer are important because then people like who don't know you would have to be like, and Cody McAfee is not a newcomer, but is a newcomer in like the same way Austin Butler is yeah. a newcomer. And it's like, it's helped if you end up winning because then you're like, oh, like I watched you give a speech. You were so charming. What a great moment for you. And I'm like, I like that guy. I want to vote for him. Or I like that, that gal. I want to vote for her. And now it's like, without that, you're just like, who is this? And Troy was so visible. Uh, and he did win the televised awards that it was like very easy to fall in love with him as an actor and the performance and like, you know, away we go. So yeah. And it was also like, you know, the more emotional movie. So, right. it was, so yeah. everything everywhere, like if, if that happens, like at the Globes or something, and it's a great moment, people are going to like love it. Like if he wins, like that'd be like really yeah, cool. Like it's a great, I mean, you know, great narratives aren't like the end all be all, but like he has, he has a great story. He does. You know, he so um, another thing um, since I mentioned this last week and how, Ben Wishaw was like absent in the woman talking trailer, but then he went to the London premiere of woman talking yes. just to troll me, obviously. It's awesome. <laughs> Did no press until then. Um, do you have him in? I don't, I still don't have him in. I don't have him in, in either. I still have Brad Pitt in there. Just, I don't know. I thought I about putting Ben in instead. I don't have Brad in either. I have uh my, I round out that category with the top three. I have Brandon Gleason, Judd Hirsch, Kiyokwan, and then Jeremy Strong and Eddie Redmayne for the good nurse choice. You're going all the way with Eddie. So uh, we should wrap this up, but just briefly on Eddie. Uh, man, you know who loves loves this stuff and loves campaigning? Eddie He's Redmayne. Back. He's back. <laughs> he loves it. He's just, he like I said, loves he it. is just picking up where his BFF, Andrew Garfield, left off last year. And the movie is a Netflix movie, uh, comes out next week. Uh, it's a true crime thriller, but it's like a little told differently because it's not as like salacious as like certainly like something like Dahmer or even like regular true crime stuff. It's about a nurse who was like a serial killer, basically, who killed his pa- the patients with like an injection of variety of drugs. And the nurse who like helps bring him to justice, who's played by Jessica Chastain. It's a really quiet movie, but Eddie is really good in it. And it's like the performance is kind of like you're not, ever sure where he's coming from and it's like you know he's not good but he's like doing some good stuff and then you're like this guy's still not good i know he's a murderer and it kind of like really comes together in the end and i just think he's he's great the bad nurse is he the good nurse or the bad nurse i guess he's the bad nurse he definitely was not a good nurse choice uh he's the average nurse no i don't think he's even average i think he's pretty bad um Um, i've always earmarked him for a sag nomination so I have them in for SAG and I kept them in for the Oscars just because again, I think this category is like a little open and he's so good at this. Like he, and he enjoyed, like, I actually think it's genuine. I think he really does. Oh like, yeah, no, like I it. think there's something, Um, maybe it's like the Britishness of it, but like, but like between him and Andrew, like, I don't know, like they, they, they both just seem really earnest and yes. very passionate about uh, their projects and and like they're willing to do this, you know, yeah. and good for them because, you know, I would be exhausted. <laughs> Me too. And he's like, I think he, the performance is like, if the performance wasn't good enough, I would not have him in. But I actually think the performance is good enough in like a weird year with like Netflix having it to promote and push. And like you said, I think he would get in at SAG and it wouldn't be like a silly like Jared Leto Little Things nomination. I think it's like a little more serious, the performance. And like, yeah, I could see him I mean, SAG is where the tides turn for him uh yes. against michael keaton because he won right. sag so so uh so eddie redmayne best supporting actor winner let's do it netflix, netflix, Oscar winner. netflix will love it joyce uh <laughs> all right let's wrap it up here but we'll be back next week i don't even know what we're gonna do next week we'll have to figure it out we, we have other stuff talk about ticket to paradise obviously best oh yeah i'll try to see this we can talk about that our top that'll that'll go up first first place for best picture ticket to paradise all right joyce talk to you later <laughs> For all things Hollywood competition and award season, head to goldderby.com and 
follow us on social media at Gold Derby. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.